2: And welcome to another show of preparing for the unexpected. I'm your host, Alex Fullick, and today we're going to be talking about something a little bit different when it comes to uh, unexpected events and things we need to plan for. If you're like me, you've seen uh, many uh, clips on TV or YouTube or other social media sites where they show post disaster, you know, fallen trees and knocked down homes and Unfortunately, you see animals, you know, people's pets walking along the streets, looking for their owners, wondering what's going on, confused. And it got me thinking, wondering, hmm, you know, this is an area that I don't think a lot of people talk about or think about even when it comes to disasters or even not not just disasters, but, you know, planning for, you know, we, we, we see a pet in a window store and we just go get one. And there's more to it than that. There's a lot of other thoughts we need to put into place and other um, considerations we need to have. And I thought, you know, this would make an interesting show, something a little bit differently to to think about and to talk about. So I reached out to someone I know and care about very much because she cares about my pets. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, Dr. Barbara Drury, who is a vet here at the Royal City Animal Hospital here in Guelph. She takes care of my LG and makes sure that he's all healthy and my last dog, Seven, took care of him as well. So, Dr. Drury, welcome to the show.
3: Oh, thank you, Alex. I'm thrilled to to be here. Um, this is some, the topic that's uh, near and dear to my heart. Um, I uh, um, I, I would like to talk at, at the beginning of, uh, about um, getting prepared uh, for a new pet, rather than rather than jumping right into disasters. Perhaps we can, perhaps we can talk about uh, disaster planning a little bit later in the in the presentation. But uh, I've been at Royal City Animal Hospital for a long time now, uh, about twenty five years. I graduated from the Ontario Veterinary College uh, in nineteen eighty eight, which seems like a long time ago, and I guess it was. Um, <laughs> Um, and uh, uh, have um, did some equine practice actually, which was which was excellent experience uh, working with horses. But decided that my my real love was was with small animals. So uh, um, I've been in Guelph for for a long time, and uh, our practice is very much uh, what we consider to be a, a sort of a family based practice. We we're a small practice. I don't uh, I'm the, I'm the only full time veterinarian. I do have an associate who works part time to help me out, but um, I like to know everyone who comes in uh, to my practice, and I like to know every pet who comes into my practice, and I'm not interested in having uh, a great big huge practice where uh, you know, where um, I don't know everyone, so that's kind of my philosophy, and I think um, I think, Alex, you've it's uh, it's what you're looking for as well so it's been a good, it's been a good fit, um, and certainly LG is, uh, is one of our favorites, so <laughs>
2: <laughs> I hope so
3: <laughs> Yes, absolutely, absolutely <laughs>
2: Well, it de- it definitely shows every time you go in there. You can definitely see that everyone that works there, you know, cares about you know the pets, you know, and so many cats and dogs. And everyone plays and gets along. And all the staff that's there as well are very friendly and open and get to know you as well. So it definitely shows.
3: Yeah, we you know we we really want to have continuity. We want to have uh, the same people here when you come in. Obviously, there's there's some staff turnover. That's just the nature of of any of any uh, Field, but um, but certainly, I think the continuity is is important and consistency, and and certainly um, those are uh, those are things when you're when you're thinking about obtaining a pet and and, uh, um, and looking after your pet, consistency and continuity are, are very important. Uh, you know, especially when we come to things like training. I think you would agree, Alex.
2: Oh yes. <laughs> yeah.
3: Can we talk for a few minutes but, about well, obtaining a, a new pet? Would, is that yeah? Uh, would, I was would you just like going to jump that? in
2: there and and say let let's talk about that. You know, I, I mentioned it in my opening. You know, sometimes people just see a pet in a window. You know, how much is that dog in the window? As the old yeah. song goes, and they just go for it, uh, only to find out that's not really you know what they needed, and it's not what they wanted, and there's so much more to to consider. So, can we? go through that you know what would yes, we need to absolutely. consider and i'll
3: i'll just i'll just address your your sort of window shopping for for a second um it, it is a, it's and it's a, it's a lovely attribute to have to to want to save every all of the animals you know and and uh, um you know the dog needs rescuing or the cat needs rescuing and and th- those are those are wonderful feelings to have but but you're talking about a living being and you you need to have you need to have more in place than just a feeling? Um, and one of the one of the, the things that I see all the time is is people who, uh, particularly with dogs, we don't look at breeds. I'm talking about breeds here. We don't look at breeds so much with cats, um, although some people do. But it, particularly with dogs, people will will come in with an eight week old puppy that they've paid a lot of money for, um, and it's they they liked the breed, but they but they've done absolutely no research on this breed and uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I remember remember one client who, who came in with a, a little white Bichon they're, they're, they're sweet little dogs they have a lovely personality but they do get urinary problems and, and uh, this particular owner the dog was about two and the dog had developed stones in his bladder and she was livid that I had never told her that <laughs> but you're didn't ask me you know you need to you, you need to you, you need to ask me those things before you get the dog I, I it's very you're putting me in a very difficult situation when when we we at, at the age of two by the way do you know that <laughs> this is a common occurrence in this particular breed you've already fallen in love with the dog you know so so I think one one certainly piece of advice is is truly and, and do, your, do your homework. So talk to your veterinarian, talk to friends, talk to breeders, um, it, it, you know, talk to people at the Humane Society if, if you're not getting a purebred dog and and uh, find out what are the, what are the, what requirements those dogs have, that, that particular dog has in terms of exercise, diet, that sort of thing. Is it a Newfoundland that's going to be going through a bag of dog food in three weeks? Um, you know, there, there are lots of, there are lots of different questions uh, to, to ask um, and I, I think the time to do it is before you get the dog not after you've already uh, bought or you know purchased it or, or, or obtained it and um, and fallen in love with it so does that
2: help and I got from um, uh, a breeder and they actually went through that are you aware of what you know soft coated wheat and terriers are like do you do you understand what they eat what they can't eat because he's allergic to some things you know he can't digest pork and um, you know it's sometimes the skin problems and I know later in life they sometimes um, correct me if i'm wrong <laughs> kidney problems yes you know, absolutely, um, absolutely. You know, so you know, are you aware of these kind of things? So, so I went up on online because you know, there's no excuse for not looking up online. Everything, you know, Google is a. An, Everything a now, now is online. So, yeah, <laughs> you
3: yeah.
2: You know, you can find whatever you're looking for. So and, yeah, that's, and I, that's
3: that's ideal. You know, to 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 be able to do that, you you can, and nobody, I will I will never say don't get that particular dog unless it's you know unless I know something about you that that prohibits having say a dog of that size or whatever, but. Uh, it's just a matter of being forewarned as forearmed um, you know that these things are are possible with with uh you know with algae, and and so therefore you're not surprised if all of a sudden he develops an allergy to something whereas if if you hadn't done any research um your your feelings about it might be might be different and there might be some resentment um, and I, I just I think it's very important to try and, and uh, preclude that by, uh, by getting as much information as, as you can and, and veterinarians and particularly veterinary technicians are wonderful sources of, of information. I, certainly in this practice we don't charge uh, anything if you come in and talk about you know what you'd like to, what you're looking for, and is that a reasonable uh, approach or a reasonable breed for you? And I think most, I, I think most uh, veterinarians and veterinary clinics are the same. We we want people to be well matched. We want them to be prepared for you know for everything, um, but. Uh, those are some of, certainly some of the things to, to, to think about, and you've talked about dietary requirements, Alex, um, exercise requirements, um, environmental requirements. I, I think and stimulation are important. Are, if you're away from the house for 12 hours, you, it, it becomes very difficult to have a you know to have a young rambunctious dog. They they will yeah. they will definitely mm-hmm. develop behavioral issues because dogs are social creatures and they need to they need to be with you. Um, yep. I
2: just, uh, uh, w- uh, sorry, Alex, go ahead. No, I was just agreeing with you. You know, I, I know with myself, you know, sometimes I'm away for a long stretch during the day because I work in downtown Toronto and I have to come home. So during the day, I have a dog walker who actually just came before we started talking today and takes LG for an hour and a half and he plays with other dogs. You know, he needs that to run around and get all that exercise that I may not be able to do.
3: He, no. he does absolutely need it. And uh, um, I think it's, it's one of the things I'm so finding so encouraging is, particularly in Guelph, we have a number of, of businesses that have, have developed over the past few years that do exactly that, that walk out, walk your dog and look after it and, and uh, provide the stimulation that, that any dog needs. I mean, that, that sort of thing was absolutely unheard of. Uh, you know, when I remember in Toronto with my first dog and I had to hire the kid across the street to come. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, it, there was there was nothing like that uh, that was that was available. So I think I think people are really, and that's very encouraging, that people are are. Um, uh, becoming much more aware of the exercise and the the, the stimulation uh, requirements of of their pets uh, particularly with older dogs a lot of uh, and I know we're jumping around a bit here but I think this is oh, a, okay. a good time to, to segue into that that the older dogs need to be stimulated you know people come in and they say but he just sleeps all day well will do you let him you, you know if you're just yeah, gonna let yeah. him sleep all day he needs to you know he needs to get out arthritis is Fifty times worse if you don't move those joints. So he need, he doesn't need one walk a day for an hour. He needs four or fifteen minute walks, and he needs time to sniff. He needs time to look around. Um, so, so those those characteristics change as as the dog changes. With puppies, you're looking more to burn off some of that energy. With um, with with an older dog, you're looking to try and keep them fit uh, um, by mentally stimulating them.
2: Right. Well, you, you touched on something I thought was rather interesting there. You know, they, let's face it, there's no such thing as an ugly puppy. They're all cute yep. and adorable. Yep. And uh, a lot of times people don't realize when they see these small puppies that they can actually grow large. And when you were talking um, uh, about you know, speaking with your vets and doing your investigations. Sometimes these small little puppies grow up into really big dogs, and if you're living in a small, you know, bachelor apartment, that may not be the right dog for you.
3: Yeah, or it, it, may, it may, I mean, on the surface, it may not look as if it's the right dog, but if you can provide the right sort of requirement, if you can provide the things that the dog needs, it may be absolutely fine. So, as I said earlier, I don't think I would ever say no, don't, um, mm-hmm. but but do with knowledge. So, if you have a dog walker coming in for an hour and a half as you do, I don't think it would matter, Alex, if you lived in a one-bedroom apartment. You know, you you would still make sure that your dog got everything that it, that it needed. Um, just in terms of how the dogs how the dogs develop because I do think this is an important point. If you're looking at a purebred dog, you know what the adult size of that dog is going to be. If you're looking at a at a mix, um, you you don't necessarily know. And um, uh, uh, sort of you know, mixed breed dogs are are absolutely fabulous, but you you don't. Um, uh, you, you don't know for sure what characteristics they're going to have because they're a blend of breeds. And, and if you're lucky, you get what we call hybrid vigor, which is uh, the, the mixing, genetic mixing that provides a good, healthy, strong dog, perhaps even healthier than a purebred dog um, who maybe has been inbred. Um, but uh, but certainly, it's it's nice if you can get a bit of advice as to okay what are we going to be looking at in terms of you know in in terms of final weight and i, I don't i mean i don't have <laughs> a crystal ball but i've seen a lot of dogs <laughs> and i can you know i can usually give you some idea of, of what the full grown size is uh, is, is going to be like um, and, and to to go back to dietary requirements as as we were talking earlier if if you're on you have algae on a very on a, a, a very good diet and one one of the things that may Makes the diet good is that it um, it does not have a lot of material. It, it's very it's what we call a highly digestible food. So if you're looking at a, a, a large dog, even a Labrador or, or a Great Dane or a Newfoundland or something, you want a you want a food that is highly digestible because if it's not digested, they're going to be pooping it out the other end, <laughs> and, uh, and and that can be that can be a major problem. And often that's the when you're buying food, often that's the price differential. Um, so the the more expensive foods tend to be more digestible and have, um, and so you have less waste. Um, the less expensive foods uh, do you tend to have to feed more of them, um, more more of the diet because there isn't as much material that that gives them the proper nutrition and also there is there is usually more more waste involved so those are those are kind of some of the things to, to think about that you know clients often say well why are you talking to me about food and that's one of the reasons I want a good skin and hair coat I want I don't want you to have to pick up tons and tons and tons of of, of material. Um, so those are the kinds of things that we're that we're trying to get at um, uh, when we're talking about about dietary requirements and about specific foods. There are some foods that are more digestible than others, um, and there's been a huge advance. I mean, since I graduated, uh, you know, in the, the late '80s, huge advance in in diets uh, for for pets. We we treat dogs now with diets and I don't I don't think people I don't think they often realize that. Um, if, if I have a, a cat or a dog with kidney disease, it, 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 they're, they're, it's not medicine I use so much as I use a therapeutic desi- diet. Um, these diets are designed to help. We can't reverse the kidney disease, but we can certainly slow down the progression of it. And I can do that with food as opposed to doing it with medicine. And I mean, how wonderful if, if only we could do that with people, just eat what you need. To, well, I guess we can eat what you need to be healthy, but... Um, but but certainly with with dogs and cats because we are, have control of what goes into their mouth it's 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 very easy to to have uh your pet on a therapeutic diet that can really control a lot of a lot of conditions gastrointestinal conditions um or another one is another one that that comes to mind as well as uh as well as kidney disease gosh alex we're jumping all over here aren't we
2: (laughs) (laughs) that's okay why don't we take a quick little break here um and we'll be right back and we'll continue on I bet you there's lots of information that uh, people are listening to out there going, wow, I didn't think of that. I didn't think of this. So, you know, lots of great information coming from our guest, Dr. Drury, today, and we'll be right back.
4: stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast all the time the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts voiceamerica.com have you had a chance to check out voice america's online magazine and blog press pass if you love our hosts and shows check out articles that give an even deeper perspective plus topics about health and fitness movie reviews philosophy business tips and tactics spirituality positive thought current events and even more about your favorite host It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. V.A. presspass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Aliens with Gas. We are the extraterrestrial rock show airing every Saturday afternoon on the VoiceAmerica.com variety channel. Whatever happens out and about, it kind of dictates our conversation. For sure. And we like to tie in a little bit of the past and obviously keep it real current. And real current was a couple nights ago right here in Phoenix, a phenomenon happened
0: On Thursday night.
4: Phenomenon. (laughs) Phenomenon. Phenomenon. All right, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) That's every Saturday right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member
0: yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? The Internet's
4: number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com
1: You are listening to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Fuller. Email your questions to info at stone-road.com. Again, that's I-N-F-O at Stone-Road.com. Now back to Preparing for the Unexpected.
2: And welcome back to Preparing for the Unexpected. Uh, Today we're talking with Dr. Barbara Drury, uh, my uh, vet who takes care of my dogs. And we were having a great uh, chat before our break talking about, you know, um, how to prepare ourselves for uh, a pet. You know, what we need to consider, you know, choosing the right pet. And just before, uh, while we were actually on our break, we started to touch base on insurance uh, and, you know, how we introduce a pet to a household and, you know, illnesses and things like that. And you were having some great comments there, uh, Dr. Jury. Can you kind of for our guests, anyway, go through what you were saying about insurance. Yeah, ab-
3: absolutely, Alex. I think that it's, um, I, I would like to touch a little bit on, on insurance, Not certainly not specific companies, um, but but the general philosophy of insuring your pet. Um, things have changed uh, uh, dramatically in, in the past 10 or 20 years, not only in terms of the cost of, of, of everything, but the cost of, of veterinary medicine and surgery um has has certainly escalated along with along with other costs and um uh, i i think that sometimes people uh people don't realize um, uh, how much things can cost. Uh, I think the other thing that has, has changed is the role of the pet in the household. Um, uh, these days, uh, pets are usually considered to be a, a very valuable member of, of the family, um, and I think there are a number of reasons for that. Um, we don't have as, uh, perhaps as much extended family close by as, as, as maybe we used to, um, and and dogs and cats can uh, can just serve a very valuable role um, so that they're they're treasured uh, perhaps in a way that they weren't uh, maybe fifteen or 20 years ago um, and I, I know certainly our clients at, at, at Royal City Animal Hospital really want to do what they can for For their pets, so if we have a a serious illness or an orthopedic problem, something like a fracture or a ruptured cruciate ligament or something like that, um, our, our, our clients tend to want to. Fix that problem um, if it is fixable, um, where, whereas perhaps in the past um, uh, the, the the dog or the cat might have been seen as as being uh, perhaps more disposable, um, so in other words, well i 'll just mm-hmm. get another dog um, that yeah. that thinking I really don't hear that thinking very much anymore um, people want. That dog. They have they have bonded to that dog. Their relationship with that particular dog or cat is very strong. Um, if you have a five year old dog who's ruptured a cruciate ligament, that's a fixable problem. Um, unfortunately, it's a fixable problem that tends to cost between three and four thousand dollars. So wow. when I when I f- first when I started when um, and, and, and I think the other thing that maybe should be touched on is that is that in Canada insurance for pets is not Widely talked about in Great Britain, um, and Alex, you're probably uh, f- maybe familiar with this. It, certainly in Great Britain, I think it's 60 to 70 percent of the population who ha- who owns pets has insurance. It's just assumed that you will have insurance for your for your pets. So I think Canada's mm-hmm. a long a long way from that. But I do I, I do think certainly the companies we deal with are are getting better and better at uh, providing what is needed at at a at a pre- reasonable cost. Um, I, I used to tell people, um, you know, if you have a couple of thousand dollars and you just put it away in a bank account, um, that should do you. That that isn't that's that's probably not going to be enough now. Um, and if you have a major, if you have a major issue, um, and I, you, you know, there's there isn't anything we can do about that. Everything is like that. Um, so so I think. Certainly, to have the discussion about insurance is is very important. I hate to see someone who uh, I'll use the example of a ruptured cruciate ligament again come in. The dog's you know can't bear weight on that leg. Really, it needs surgery. And they say, "Well, I wish someone had talked to me about insurance." Well, we did, but you didn't hear us because you didn't. It wasn't something that you were that you even thought was. That it would ever happen to you. Um, so we're trying to get better. Um, we we obviously can't recommend a certain policy, but we do have experience with a number of the companies, uh, the insurance companies that are that are out there, and we can certainly tell you what our experience has been. Um, and actually, with our with our new puppies, we give every new new puppy um, a. a six i forget if it's a 6 or 8 week i think it's an 8 week trial of insurance um so that they um so that people not 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 thinking they're going to need it so much but just to to make people aware that it's out there and then at the end of the seven or eight weeks um they can decide if this is something that they feel uh, is is going to be helpful for them. Um, the uh, even something like just straight accident insurance. Accidents tend to happen in uh, in younger pets, um, so even just to have accident insurance. Where if your dog does does break his leg, you're you're not. You know you're you're going to have um, you're going to have coverage for that. Um, so I, I think a lot of it, Alex, is is trying to get people aware that there is insurance and to know sort of what the options uh, what the options are. Uh, I, I think the other thing that people need to understand is that when I see a puppy at eight weeks, if there is an existing problem. So, for instance, if that dog already has um, maybe a dental problem or an eye problem, or a um, uh, you know, it seems to be, uh, you know, there seems to be an existing problem. Maybe the the gait, is, the the way they walk, is not quite normal. I, I legally, I have to record that, so that um, if you it, it, you you want to try and get that insurance before anything is written in your file that there's an existing problem because it's just like insurance with us. If you have an existing problem, you may still get coverage, but you will probably have higher rates. Does that help to explain a little bit about how it works, Alex?
2: Yep, sure does. Okay, And I hope good. that does for all of our listeners as well. You know, uh, you, you did mention, you know, the insurance, you know, to have it and not use it. That's just like, you know, a, a lot of our listeners who are developing business continuity plans and disaster plans. It's the same thing. You know, you, you've got to prepare for the unexpected. And the same yeah. thing happens with pets. Yes,
3: you know? Exactly. Yeah, it, it very very true. I, I know. Uh, I, I know with life insurance, but I haven't died. <laughs> my my insurance, my insurance is ready to expire. You know? <laughs> but but you know that was my choice to, to make sure that I make sure that I had that policy. Um, and uh, so it's it, it 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 is very much like our own insurance, except that with your pet, you will probably need to use the insurance. So it's a little bit different with with people. Very often we. We never use need to use the insurance um, with pets. You usually do. There's usually something that you need insurance for. So th- that. That comes into rates, uh, of course. If, if the rates are going to be higher, obviously, if if everybody's going to be using it. So, um, but but certainly the insurance company insurance companies would would be happy to go go through that with you. Um, Lisa does. Lisa's one of our registered veterinary technicians. She does have a, a breakdown of sort of the things to ask when you're when you're talking to your insurance company, and and she would certainly be ha- We'd be happy to pass that on uh, to you know. To any of your listeners who might
2: find that helpful. Great, I'll make sure that's in our uh, package online and okay, uh, put great. the uh, website there for you guys. So okay. everybody, feel free to uh, yeah. check out Royal City Animal Hospital. Uh, okay, so let's move on to um, you know, how we introduce a, a new pet to a household. You know that already may have a dog or a cat or a baby. You know uh, how, how do we do that? You know.
3: Well, there's, yeah there they are certainly there's most Alex most of its common sense I think the um, I think again the 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 thing I would like to stress is bef- before you bring the other dog or cat home come and talk to us because there are I'm going to use cats as an example Um Cats are cats are funny creatures. So they're not like small dogs at all. Uh, they're they're very different. And um, to bring a cat a cat into a, a household, whether it's an adult cat or a kitten, into a household where there is already another cat, a dog, or a baby, um, that that's highly highly stressful for for a cat. Not in the same way that it is for a dog. Um, and and you need there are things you can do to to be prepared for that. um there's a pheromone that you can uh that you can plug into the wall called feel Feelaway, um, which is uh, uh, I, I'm not aware of any others on the market, so I'll, I'll have to use that particular trade name. But um, it, uh, that that does help cats with, uh, with to calm them and to and to help them feel that this is their territory. A lot of people uh, don't realize that the way cats mark their territory is by rubbing against you and by rubbing against the walls, and and uh, a lot of cats who actually are, are scratching and and uh, uh, um, uh, either using a scratching post or using the furniture or using your leg <laughs> are, are, <laughs> they're not sharpening their nails they're not sharpening their claws they're actually their scent glands in their pads and uh, what they're doing is they're marking their territory so when a cat rubs rubs his face against you as he walks by he's marking you as being part of his territory and that's a good thing you want um, you know you, you, you want to be part of that cat's territory um, so we have um, my, my point is to, to try and, and get as again get as much information as you can before you before you make the change. Um, we have a couple of handouts that again I, I'd be happy to share with you about uh, um, introducing a, 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 um, a new pet to the to the household. We can put those on the on the website too. Um, the the big thing I think is. Uh, Certainly, the, the the calming things, the the feel away, as I mentioned for cats, and there are a couple of uh, holistic uh, remedies also that we use for dogs. Um, the the big thing is to make it gradual, um, so that you don't bring a big bouncing puppy into uh, you know right and don't introduce them quickly um, you you want to uh, you want to do everything gradually and that might mean for a cat that uh, the cat stays in his carrier um, just in one room by itself for a couple of days until he gets used to um, and and then sort of gradually gets used to just being in that particular room um, and then and then more gradually introduced to the to the to the rest of the family so you, you might be talking with a cat you might be talking about an introduction over a week um, with a dog obviously it's going to be much faster but you certainly don't you certainly would want to have both dogs on leashes uh you know you certainly don't want a dog bounding in and and uh, frightening the other dog or, or worst case scenario causing a dog fight um you're you're your dog, who's already mm-hmm. at home, um, and your cat are going to be territorial, and uh, this is a new uh, influence coming in uh, to their territory. So there may there may be some fear. Um, often, often aggression is is masked. Uh, uh, the the aggression comes out because the pet is fearful. Um, so uh, any certainly things we, we need to make sure that we're using calming techniques and that and that we uh, prevent uh, any accidents or injuries um, from from happening
2: so how about children or a baby what do we need to consider there what what should we prepare for because that that's different than you know another cat or another dog yeah
3: yeah um things like uh, um to to uh you know to to have a, a a blanket from the baby that with the baby set you would that that you would let the dog uh or the cat um, get used to that scent uh, to, to begin with. Um, always, always remember that a dog is a dog. It's not a human. They're not. They are. They are not reasonable. Um, it, it, they certainly can be reasoned with, but dogs are unpredictable and uh you, you you always have to be careful with with dogs and and babies or or children um this goes without saying you never ever leave a dog unsupervised with a certainly with a baby or a child i i see these things in the paper all the time um and it just scares just scares me to death um the uh it, a, a dog is a dog um and and they just they they are not 100 percent reliable, so you really need to be very, very cautious, and you need to be thinking of uh, preventing uh, any any possible any possible problem. I think the other thing that you that you need to be doing, and not not obviously not with a baby, Alex, but with a you know certainly with toddlers and and with young children, I, I see. I see so many children who are frightened of dogs, and often, um, often this is because they've already had a bad experience. Um, uh, and I attribute the bad experience to, to two two causes: one, the person who owned the dog was not being responsible, but but secondly, the parents of the child didn't teach the dog how, or teach the child how to behave w- with the dog, and the 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 common. Uh, scenario that is used now, the most most common uh, psychological uh, research has shown that, that you, you want to, to teach your child to stand like a tree, and that means you stand with your arms at your side, perfectly still, and you just stand there. And no dog will bother you when you're doing that. It's when the child starts running around, screaming, or or yelling because they're frightened, and the big thing is waving their hands in the air. The dog thinks that you're trying to play with them. And so what mm-hmm. they do is they'll grab a hand or grab a face or... Um, so, so stand like a tree is really, you know, and there's all kinds of stuff. Uh, um, Humane Society has good good information, but but uh, we'll, we'll see if we can get something, uh, um, uh, some things online about that as well, because certainly it, it's, I think it's, you, you know, you teach a child not to run out into the street. Um, you, you need to teach a child how to behave with, with a dog. And most dogs will become ninety nine percent of dogs will it will calm them to see someone standing still the, the reason The reason dogs get so weird around particularly around toddlers is it 's because their actions are unpredictable. They kind of waddle when they walk they don 't walk normally um, they, their hands are moving around they make odd sounds. The dog doesn't know what to make of this, particularly if you have a dog who has not been uh, well socialized, uh, and so the dog gets a little bit frightened, maybe gets a little bit jumpy, uh, you know, jumps on the kid, uh, and 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 then the child is the child is frightened for the rest of his life. So um, it it is, uh, it, you know, though certainly there are just just as with anything, there are skills that need skills that need to be taught, um, and I. I I feel so sorry for children who who come into the clinic who have never been exposed to dogs. I happen to have a very rambunctious dog, um, and not, not that that's not not that that's any excuse, but I, but you know she wouldn't hurt a flea, and um, uh, you know, but she's big, and 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 kids, oh gosh, you know they just it, it's too bad because. Uh, because I think the relationship that a child has, particularly with a dog, can be one of the one of the formative relationships in, in their lives, um, and it's it's, uh, um, it's it's unfortunate when child when children have been frightened by, by a dog, um, and uh, it, we we always try and help them to get over that fear, um, uh, and and it can only be done it can only be done gradually, of course.
2: Right. Well, I'm happy my nieces get along quite well with LG and he's quite happy with them. And on that note, we're going to take a break and we'll be right back with Dr. Barbara Drury.
4: Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com If you think you've seen online TV before...
0: Search Voice America at your favorite app store.
4: Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com
1: You are listening to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Fuller. Email your questions to info at stone-road.com. Again, that's info at stone-road.com. Now back to preparing for the unexpected
2: and welcome back to preparing for the unexpected. Um, Again, we've been talking with Dr. Barbara Drury, a veterinarian here in Guelph, and we've been getting some great information, things that we need to prepare and uh, consider with new pets. And our last segment, we're going to talk about how we prepare ourselves and our pets for disasters or in emergencies, what we need to consider and what we need to, you know, put in place. Um, So, Dr. Drury, when there are disasters, we obviously see, you know, dogs, uh, you know, and cats um, on TV walking about looking for their owners, like I said at the beginning. But what are some of the things that we need to consider when things happen, you know, things we th- should have in place? Yeah,
3: I I think the um I think the the first, most important thing is to make sure that your pet can be identified. Um, I recommend that every pet be microchipped, cat or dog, simply because that is a way of identification that cannot be lost. Um, most. Uh, most people do have collars on their dogs, so if you can have some identification on the collar, that certainly helps but But a microchip is is absolutely invalid or is absolutely valid and and uh, the, the The reason microchips have become so uh, ubiquitous is is that previously. You had to have an individual scanner, a specific scanner for each microchip. Now, now the microchips are universal, and pretty well any scanner will read any microchip so that all the vet clinics have them, all the humane societies have them. It's become a, a, a wonderful tool for identifying pets. The, the only... Problem is when people forget to update their information. So they move even to a different part of town and forget to update the microchip information. So please try to remember to to do that. Um,
2: So who do uh, they update that information with?
3: um, You update it with the microchip company.
2: Yes. No, no. Not your vet, or no,
3: no. You have to do that. You have to do that with the company itself. What, what, we insert the microchip, but we have we don't have the records, so the, it's the oh. microchip. We can access them for you, but we we can't do the. Uh, um, we, I'm sure Lisa could help you if you if you had trouble updating the information, but um, but uh, it does need to be updated if if you move. Um, so that's something that. Uh, and the first thing we do if we happen if someone calls and says they've got a lost pet is we scan them. Same thing with the. Obviously, with the Humane Societies, they scan the pet immediately. And it's just such a relief when, when you, you get that little flash, that little number, um, because you, your, your problems are solved. Um, particularly with cats, you want to be very careful. I, I would never put a collar on a cat. Um, even the breakaway ones have been known not to break away. Um, one of my cats actually managed to get in the days when I used to uh, have her with a collar with a tag on it, she actually managed to get the collar caught in in the in the ventilation grate at home, um, so when I came home, her the tag had twisted. She was she was literally being choked because her collar was w- w- the tag was caught in the in the grate. Um, and I I mean I just never imagined. So ever since then, I have. You know, I don't have collars on on my cats, but they're certainly they're certainly microchipped. So, um, I think that is something that everybody should do, uh, regardless of of whether we're <laughs> we're expecting a, an emergency or not. Um, I, I just want to talk a little bit about so the kind of emergencies I'm I'm thinking about are things like fires, or if we're going to have floods, or or something like that. I mean, in lots of other mm-hmm. countries, there are there are other other major sorts of disasters that are that are. Uh, go that are ongoing um in in canada we're we're fairly lucky but the kinds of things i would think about when i'm uh, if if there is something that we are required to prepare for um, it, um for, for an emergency kit i i would be Thinking about um, having a, a crate or a carrier that is sturdy. You want something that's not. You don't want a cloth carrier or, or something that's going to collapse. You want because you don't know. You don't know what. Um, uh, you don 't know what kind of pressure or force is going to be is going to be put on on that uh that particular carrier um, <clears throat> You do need um a strong leash or a harness uh, and and uh certainly for for cats as well i I would want to have a harness because They can, they can, there can be little Houdinis and and escape uh, escape quite, (laughs) quite easily. (laughs) Um, I would want to have food and water for seventy-two hours. Uh, The, the, um, the average amount of, of. um, of water that, that a, a dog will drink during uh, during 72 hours is roughly four liters. So if you have four liters of water, that should be enough for 72 hours. A cat will drink about um, an average of about a liter um, in, in that. Period of time, so um, so you know that's something. to Just some guidelines for our for our listeners. Um, you you need bowls and you need can openers if if you've got uh, you know if you're feeding some some canned food. Um, newspapers, paper towels, paper bags, litter, um, and a, a small litter box. Obviously, those are the kinds of things that you want to have uh, that you want to have. Uh, organized as well, any special medications um, if you're, if your pet is diabetic somehow you've you know you 've got to keep the insulin and and the syringes and and that sort of thing at least enough for three or four three or four days as well as as well as our the, the veterinary clinic's contact information. Um, so that uh, if if uh, you know if there is a problem, you can you easily have uh, have access to that. If you can have your your, your pet file with you, um, so including some recent photos of, of your animal, your emergency numbers, contact information for friends, um, someone think of someone who could look after your pet. If you, uh, for instance, we had uh, we had clients who were involved in a, a terrible fire um, and they had to you know obviously they they were out of their house for months they needed uh, they had a family member but they they needed to have someone who could who could take who could take their cat the the place uh, the place where they were put up was w- would not take the cat so you you need to think of think of those things as um, as certainly uh, you know I, I think uh, nobody likes to think about uh, about their death and about wills but I know all of uh, I, I do a fair bit of dog training and we all have you know we all have are contacts made um you know i I know specifically if something happens to me, I know who's going to take taya um, so those are the kinds of in the same way that you you would um make sure your children were looked after. you need to make sure uh you know you need to make sure that you that you're there's there's somewhere for your for your pet to go should should something happen. Happen to you particularly I think if you live alone um, uh, uh, it's it, it, it's even uh, you know it's even even more important obviously you're going to want a, a pet first aid kit um, we used to make them up, but now they're're they're, they're ubiquitous they're you know a lot of the pet stores have them, and there are some very good ones uh, um, and and you certainly want a blanket and and just just one toy is probably enough, but something that um, Something that has their scent. Try try not to wash everything beforehand. So in other in other words, you don't you don't want a, a, a clean blanket necessarily. It's just come out of the washer and the dryer. You want something, you want something that has the pet smell on it, so that they um, it reminds them of that they're that they're safe if it has their uh, you know if it has their um, their odor on it. Does S- does that something help? Something comforting. Cover cover those it's things.
2: Something comforting.
3: Yes, absolutely, absolutely. A toy and and a, a as I say a, a blanket or a pillow, whatever you know, whatever you, you need to try and keep things small. Obviously, we we can't. Uh, you're you're going to have all of this. It has to be compact, uh, you know, in a duffel bag or or whatever. But um, those are, I think, some of the basic things that. Um, uh, that that uh, are helpful. I, I would like to give uh, give thanks to uh, our veterinary uh, medical association, the Ontario Veterinary Medical Association. Um, I, uh, I contacted them when you asked me to do this uh, to do this talk, and they were they were extremely helpful in, in uh, getting information to me that they had developed on preparing for emergencies. This is something that um, our Ontario association is is right up on, and, and uh, within within twenty four hours. Is I had a nice, uh, a nice summary of of, uh, of a lot of the things that I'm that I'm talking to you about. So, so thank you to the Ontario Veterinary Medical Association.
2: Well, I, I know I've got some of these materials. I know I've got first aid kits yep. and uh, some other items. But maybe I'll uh, put a bag together for algae here just in case. You know, because well, I, I don't don't want something to Yeah, I don't anything. think we. I, you know, I certainly didn't know, think
3: about having a picture. Yeah. The, you know that that if if my dog's lost, it would really help to have some pictures. Now, most of us, I guess, have probably have pictures on our phones, so that's maybe not such an issue. But um, to have even a couple of uh, of extra doses of medication if your pet's on a particular medication um, would be, uh, you know, is, is something to think about.
2: Yeah, there's, there's definitely some interesting uh, pieces here. What about um, uh, we talked about uh, in putting an agenda together? Uh, emergency plan exercises. How do we involve our, what should we consider with our pets there?
3: Well, I think if, um, I, I, I think pretty much the same things that you would be doing uh, for your family. Um, so you make sure that you know what exits are available and what, uh, you know, what, where to go. And, and uh, um, I, I think just try and include your pet in those kinds of things. Okay, if we have an exit from the second floor, how are we going to manage the dog? Um, uh, and, and it, it's easy if you can carry if you can carry them but LG's not so not so easy to carry so you just i think it's yeah. a matter of you want to sort of think about um uh, you know think think about these these things I, I do i I do want to make a comment if if you have to leave your pet in the house um, if you 're forced to do that um, we don't want them tied or caged um because that can put them in a situation where they have no hope of escape. So you want to uh, to leave them loose. Um, you do want to leave a sign and a note uh, saying what animals are inside, and to provide try and provide water and, and food in time dispensers if if you can. Um, if if you you know if you're going to be forced to leave for a couple of days, unfortunately, what dogs and cats will do if you leave a big bowl of food is they will eat it all at once. They they don't have the sense to to spread it out over three days, so they will. Eat it all at once, be sick, and have nothing—you know, nothing—for the next two or three days. Now, this is obviously only in an emergency. I never recommend leaving my my pets for that long, but if you have to, you have to, and you need to think about how you're how you're going to do it.
2: Yes, well, that's some great great information. I know in our last show, we actually spoke with the fire chief, fire prevention officer here in Guelph, and he mentioned some of that same information about pets. You know um, and and not running back into a building to save your pet by the way and putting yourself in danger
4: yeah
2: uh, but uh, you know he he touched on some of what you said and I think these emergency kits um, that you mentioned a lot of it should be um, common sense for people because these are the, a lot of the same kind of things that we need people you yeah. know uh, water is, know, food water yes.
3: Yeah. But, but, Alex, as we all know, common sense is not that common. And sometimes it's nice to have, you know, sometimes it's nice to have some guidelines. And then and then you make sure that, you know, you haven't forgotten things. I do have some, uh, some references as well for disaster planning. We're probably not going to have much more time. But I do have some references that we can put online as well. And these are from the Ontario Veterinary Medical Association. Um, so if you want to read uh, a little bit more and go into things a little bit more depth, we'll make sure that those are available to you.
2: Well, that's great. And I'll make sure I put the uh, Royal City Animal Hospital link in our show description so that people can check you guys out and the wonderful work you do. Again, I want to thank you for your time and and your staff and all the things they do for me and for uh, my special little guy. You know the little furry one who's out with his friends right now, <laughs> having an enjoyable time. Well, I'm sure,
3: Alex. You know? It's a pleasure. It's it's, <laughs> it's it's a pleasure looking looking after uh, um, looking after LG and and uh, certainly it's lovely to have have people who who work with us um, in, in trying to keep their pets healthy.
2: Well, that's, that's uh, you know, n- not just pets, but with this whole industry of preparing for the unexpected, we all have to work together. We can't just assume something is going to happen. We, we, we have to work together and get our knowledge and do our homework and put these things into action. You know, yeah. we, we can't just sit around and assume when there's a flood, we know what to do and our, our dog or cat will be safe. Well, yes. no, they're only going to be safe if we actually put something in place and do something. Exactly. Yeah, you know? exactly. So... So that's great. I want to thank you again. And to our listeners, thank you for listening. If you have any topics you want us to touch base on on the show here or want to be a guest, please feel free to send me an email at info at roadcom to my attention, Alex. And we'll see about putting a show together and get you some of the answers that you're looking for. Otherwise, thank you everyone for listening and we'll talk to you next week. Stay prepared,
1: everyone. Thank you for joining us for Preparing for the Unexpected. Please tune in for another edition featuring your host, Alex Bullock, next Thursday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you here next week.